praise God. God is here. He's always here, right? The thing is, do we expect him here? That's, that's what makes all the difference every Sunday. Sunday can be just a dull tradition. It could be, oh boy, I got to go to church again, or I'm supposed to go to church, right? Or it could be, I get to meet with God, and I get to interact with the people of God, amen? And when we do that, God is going to do something, and every time it's going to be something different, amen? Now, I don't know if you realized it, but that, that young lady that was up here a little earlier, um, where um, where's she at? She just, she, she just accepted Christ, so we just need to give God thanks for that, amen? Because when we have an expectancy, God will do above what we expect. Amen? What are you expecting? What are you expecting? Some of you guys are like, I'm expecting another long sermon from Pastor Josh. <laughs> or you could say, I, I, I'm, I'm expecting God to speak to me through the word today. Amen? Praise God. Everybody know what today is? Happy Reformation Day. Oh, got some of y'all there, huh? Some of you guys are like, what's Reformation Day? Well, it's only something that's, that, that's over 500 years old, right? And uh, <laughs> I got some pictures, matter of fact. Um, Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther in the 1500s was a German monk who was he was Catholic, right? And, and he, he was wrestling with certain things of the faith. And so on October 31st, 1517, long time ago, guys, he, not, he nails 95 theses, 95 different points of basically him saying, we need a reformation. We need, a ch we need to change the way that we are presenting the gospel and the faith. And there was a whole lot of things, 95 of them. We're going to go through about half of them today. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but he talks about this. One of his big key themes is we are saved by grace alone. Christ alone. It's nothing that we do, right? And you say, well, that's just what the Bible says. Yes, but how many know that even 500 years later, we are still in need of reform because we start to stray away a little bit. How many know that's true, right? We, we, we start to believe certain things because it's just a tradition, and we, we start to stray away from the Bible, and we start to kind of create our own things. And so every so often, we need reformers, right, to kind of point us back to the gospel. Somebody say amen. So that, went, his act right here, show the next picture. We got a few of them. Some of them have, some of them have like a little bit of a uh, little bit of joke there. Uh, no, the door was fine. I'm just fixing your theology because <laughs> he nailed it to the door of the church. That was like a big deal, right? And, and they wanted to get him for that. And guess what? He went viral, guys. <laughs> Before viral was cool, it started a whole movement. The whole Protestant movement started with that instance of him nailing those to the church door. Next. So you pound on doors to get candy? How cute. <laughs> he, he had a very entirely different meaning for pounding on the church door that day. Next. I think there's one more. Unsure what to do this Halloween? Guess what? This guy nailed it. <laughs> so guess what? Yeah, it is Halloween as well. 
Um, and, and, and for some Christians, it, it's harmless fun. But you know what? For some of us, it's a lot more sinister than that. But here's the thing. I'm not here to argue with you today about what you shouldn't and shouldn't do about Halloween. But what I do hope to do is draw a few parallels today. Amen. Um, USA Today posted just a couple days ago the top 10 costumes according to Google. Can you guess what the number one pick of 2021 was or is? I heard a clown. I heard something. What was it? Oh, that was up there, but believe it or not, witch. Now, you may say that's like, that's like the classic old standard, right, when it comes to Halloween. But, but here's the thing. As believers, we, we, we say, well, you know, you just dress up as a superhero. But guess what? Number one this year is a witch. What does that tell you? I don't know. You can draw some different conclusions from that. Um, but, but what I want to tell you is that way before Halloween, the devil was wearing costumes. The devil plays dress up. And he still does. He's good at hiding things. And everything that we see with our eyes, it's not always just that way. There are things underneath the surface that sometimes we can't always see with our physical eyes, but we have to discern with our spirit. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1 is the first instance. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast in the field that the Lord God had made. And so from this passage we know, right, or we commonly are taught or believe that Satan entered the serpent. However, if you read that account, it doesn't actually say that. It doesn't actually say that Satan entered the serpent, but this is what we've come to believe. But if you look at Revelations 12.9, it kind of backs that idea up. And it says, the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. What does that tell you? That there are things around us that we might not be able to see with our eyes, but they are there and they are active and we must be aware, right? Before I read the next one, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that as we, we jump into this today, God, that you continue to bring light and understanding and clarity. Lord, I pray, God, that you just continue to stir up our hearts, God, to the truth, God. Reveal your truth today, God. Lord, set people free today, God. Lord, heal people today, Lord. Fill people with your spirit today, God. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said... Amen. So um, I know we have a lot of kids today, but I thought it would be good to keep them here because it's, it was fireproof takeover. But also, you know what? Sometimes it's good to talk about some of these things a little bit. And don't worry, I'm not going to get too crazy or too gruesome or anything like that. But it's, guess what? They're going to see it anyways. They already know more than what you think they know. And so if we don't talk about certain things in the church, well, guess what? They're going to learn about it on the other side. And the way they learn about it is not going to be a way that you want them to learn about it. Amen. Come on, somebody. Because guess what? They are curious. Amen. Amen. So last verse, going back to that same point about this idea of, of Satan likes to play dress up. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 14. 2 Corinthians 11 and 14 says, and no wonder, for even Satan 
disguises himself as an angel of light. Amen? The enemy has been at war with God and his people for a long time. Do you believe that? Amen? So what should we do about it? What can we do about it? Amen? The reason... Well, let me, before I, I quote it, let me tell you where, it, where it's coming from. First John 3, verse 8, second part, uh, second half of the verse. First John 3b, or the second half of the verse, tells us that the reason the Son of God appeared was what? To, to make us rich? To make us happy? To bless us? <laughs> yes, kind of, sort of, but it's much more than that right? It says the reason the Son of God appeared, or some versions say the reason the Son of God manifested, was to destroy the work of the devil. Come on, somebody. The reason Jesus came wasn't so that we could sing songs and be happy all day, but in order to intercept and disrupt and bring an offense to the power of darkness. This is why he told his disciples that the church, right, that the kingdom of God, right, will not, the, the kingdom of darkness won't prevail, right? The kingdom of God is going to go forth. It's going to do some things. It's going to come against the kingdom of darkness. So what does that look like? Are we doing a good job of that? After Jesus ascended, guess what? This work continues. Some people believe that Jesus did that work. The reason he came was to destroy the work of the, of the devil. He came, and he did that. Yeah, he did in part. He did in part on the cross, right? Victory was won. However, if you look around, you can tell that the kingdom of darkness is still very active. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and, and so, therefore, it would indicate that, guess what? The work continues, and it continues through, turn to the person next to you and say, you. It continues through you. You have a part to play in this. We need to activate. This is the last, last sermon of the month, guys. We need to activate, this is the title, the power of God. We need to activate the power of God. Guys, guess what? I'm tired of powerless church services. I'm tired of powerless Christians falling under the attack of the enemy and, and giving in and giving in and, and woe is me. Yeah, guess what? We're going to get beat up sometime, but there's a time that you got to stand up and walk in the power and the authority that God has given us through Jesus and that we are able to carry out through the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you walking in the power of God? And if the question is, I'm not sure or not as much as I would like to, then the next question would be, would you like to? Would you like to do something about it? Mark chapter 16. We're, we're going to talk a little bit, but then we're going to pray a lot. Amen? Is that okay? I said we're going to talk a little bit, but we're going to minister a lot. Amen? Is that all right? So I have three passages, actually four, that we're going to go over. And I'm not going to explain them a lot because a lot of them are really well known, but I'm going to talk about them in order to stir up your faith a little bit, and then we are going to do something about it. Does that sound good? Yeah. Amen. The first one is Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 18. Amen? And I should have turned there myself, but I didn't. 
Mark chapter 16. This is the Great Commission as according to Mark, right? It, it's, it's interesting because at the end of every gospel, you have this Great Commission, but they are sometimes worded just slightly differently. And this one ties in perfectly with what we are talking about today. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 18. And he said, he being Jesus, said, go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Did he say, just preach the gospel in church on Sunday? Just preach the gospel in midweek Bible studies? It's good that we do that. We should do that. If we're not preaching the gospel here, stop coming to this church. Amen? Because if we're not preaching the gospel, we're doing something wrong. Amen? But, but understand that the gospel doesn't just belong in here. It is good news for the entire world, not just for the ones who have already come to know Jesus. Amen? Come on, somebody say amen to that. So go into the world, proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes, listen to this, and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. That's the gospel, right? That's the message, right? That there is, a there is a sentence of death over all of humanity because of sin, and Jesus came to die for that sin. And if we do not receive Jesus, then there is no payment for that sin except for our own lives. And if we don't want our lives to be lost because of sin, we could rather lose them for Jesus and then gain the whole world. Come on, somebody. This is the gospel, right? And whoever does not believe will be condemned. And those who, and listen, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. They will drink any deadly poison, and it will not hurt them. By the way, quick disclaimer, there are churches that like to practice those last two points, they like drinking poison, picking up snakes and stuff like that. That's not exactly what Jesus was getting at. He wasn't saying, get around and test me in this, right? The only part of the Bible that says test me in um, is, is test me in giving, right? And see if I won't pour it back, right? But he doesn't say, go around and play with snakes and see. No, he doesn't say, go drink some poisonous stuff and see, no. And, and this is why some of the people that do that, they end up in hospitals, because this is not what Jesus was getting at. What was he getting at is that in the course of you sharing the gospel, you will come across dangerous situations. And when those dangerous situations come against you, guess what? I will protect you and I will walk with you. Amen. There's really only one instance of this taking place, and this is Paul when, when they are shipwrecked, right? And he's on the island, and there's this fire, and then this snake comes out of the fire and bites Paul on the hand. He shakes it off into the fire. It didn't hurt him. Everybody's waiting for him to drop dead, but he didn't drop dead. Why? Because he was there to preach the gospel, right? And, and God was true to his word and said, look, if you do these things, then guess what? I'm going to be with you. I'm going to protect you. Amen. And they were like, you're a God, Paul. And he's like, no, but let me introduce you to God. And this was the, then the gospel went forth, amen? You will drink any, you will, they will not hurt you. Listen, they will, you will lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. If there's anybody sick today, I want your expectation to start to build right now, not because of what I just said, but because of what the word of God says right there. That these are the signs that will follow. If they are sick, they can recover. They shall recover. Come on, get excited about that. Does God still want to do these things today? 
Some people would say no. Some people would say, well, that was just to get the church started off and, 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 you know, just to get people excited about Christianity and excited about Jesus. But you know what? They got excited and, they, and the church got, grew by the thousands, right? And, and, and then guess what? If the power of God stops, then we stop, we stop looking like the church Jesus wanted to create. And guess what? We are back at the place where we need reformation. And sometimes reformation is just simply going back to the scripture and believing what God says in his word. And you may say, that's simple. That's what we should do. But it's not so simple because how many times when we are sick, we want somebody to pray for us? How many times? Right? We do. Most of us do, right? We want, it's not a trick question. You guys are like, I don't know. Yeah, we want people to pray for us when we're sick, right? And, 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 but how many times in our heart do we actually believe that anything is going to happen? I don't know how many times I've prayed for people, and as literally the moment I said amen, they are back to complaining about the situation, my back, my knee, whatever. Where was the expectation? Where was the faith? You didn't even give, you, the amen didn't even barely come out of the mouth, and you're already claiming the, the pain and the sickness. You didn't even test the thing out yet. Oh, come on. Don't act like you've never done that before. I know that I've done that before because guess what? Our eyes see the pain, and our, our body feels the pain, and our eyes see the symptoms, right? And, and, and we're, we're exalting that expectation of I'm sick, and I'm going to be sick, and I just got to let it run its course, or this is what God is punishing me for, for the thing... I know Christians that say stuff like that. God is punishing me for this or for that. But the Bible clearly says, and these are the signs. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Where is our expectation? Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, but you will receive goosebumps. You will receive a dance. You will receive, what does it say there? You will receive power. Now, is there anything wrong with those other things? No, but sometimes we limit the Holy Spirit to those things. Oh, come on. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> we limit the Holy Spirit to those things. We, it's a feeling. Oh, I felt the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so we dance and we shout. And, and that's the limitation of our experience with the Holy Spirit. It's this good emotional rush that we get. But guess what? That rush is not supposed to just be the end of it, but it's just supposed to be a, sig a, a signal that something is beginning to happen. And that's not the end of it. That's just the beginning, right? And if I know that I'm feeling something, I should know that he wants more than just a feeling, but he wants to change something on the inside of me. Because if you got goosebumps and you dance and you shout, but you walk out of the church the same way, what did it matter? What did it matter? What did it matter if it was a great service, but you still walked out of here the same way? Come on, somebody. A relationship with the Holy Spirit is needed in order to walk in the power of God. Somebody say, activate us. First Corinthians 2, 4 and 5. First, this is one of my favorite passages and something that I wrestle with quite often. 
1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. And Paul says, And my speech and my message are not in plausible words of human wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of man, but what? The power of God. But here's the thing, right? If you read the next verse, Paul says, but, but also we do speak wisdom. He lets them know that, look, in order for people to, to realize that God is alive and he's working and he's active, there needs to be a demonstration of his power through the Holy Spirit. But understand that it's not us just chasing signs and wonders. He then says, but look, wisdom is for the mature. So in other words, for somebody who's newer in the faith or doesn't believe in God at all, sometimes a power encounter is what will get them to cross that bridge to understand that, wait a minute, maybe this is something more than what I thought. Maybe, this, maybe there's something to this God thing. Maybe, maybe, maybe my expectations weren't on the right thing, right? This idea that sometimes the power encounter intercepts a person who is doubting, Right? And then there's no excuse. Then we look around and we're like, that had to be something supernatural. That, a human person couldn't have done that. Has anybody experienced it? Where you're like, it was God. There's no other way. There's no other ifs, ands, or buts about it. And you experience that touch from God and your life has never been the same because you knew that there was now something different from what your eyes can only see. Amen. Somebody say activate. Paul says that demonstrations of, of this God's power, they build faith in God and not in man. It's this idea that when somebody goes and prays for somebody and they get healed, we have to turn the glory back to God and say, God did that. It was his power he did that because he wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to show himself to you. He wants to let you know that he loves you, right? All of these things, right? But if we don't do that, then what happens is the eyes begin to fall on man, and then we begin to lift up a person, and look, that person is special. That person is gifted. That person, I want them to pray over me because they're gifted. They're anointed. But you know, it, the anointing comes from God, yeah. amen? Somebody say activate. In closing, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 12. I started off by saying that, that, that guess what? The enemy, he likes to play dress up. And you know what? This is the one biblical passage that I believe allows the Christian to play dress up. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 12. Finally be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the armor of God. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. See, we, we shouldn't be so worried about disguising ourselves, but rather we should be suiting up. Come on, somebody. We should be armoring up. That's the kind of dress up we should be concerned about as Christians. Somebody say amen. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the, of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh 
and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, over the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Guys, at the end of the day, don't walk out of here and start wrestling with somebody about Halloween. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. We're not here to wrestle with our fellow Christians over is it right, is it wrong. We're not here to wrestle with non-believers over is it right, is it wrong. What are we here to do? Present the truth, present the gospel, love on people, right? And let's have a power encounter, not an argument. If you want to show them anything, show them Jesus. If you want to show them anything, show them that the power of God is within, within us and he is able to heal the sick, cast out demons, fill people with the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. This is the kind of stuff we need to be concerned about, not about who's doing what and who's not doing what. Say amen. Because I know probably after this, some of us are going to be posting stuff on Facebook about this or that. You know what? Wrestle against the powers of darkness stop wrestling people so much somebody say amen (laughs) this is what the scripture tells us we're suiting up not to go to battle against each other oh come on say amen to that we're suiting up because there is an enemy who loves to see us go to battle against each other he loves it he loves it but what would happen if we stopped fighting each other and we started fighting him. He's not going to like it. Let's go to war. Stand up. Somebody say activate. Let's go to war right now. Come on. Let's go to war. Three things for this altar call. And I don't want you to tune me out. Because sometimes what happens, you hear the word altar call and you think automatically, I'm good. And you sit down and you never get up. Right? And I'm not saying that everybody has to get up, but I'm saying pay attention, keep your ears open. What does the Spirit want to do? Not do what do you want to do. Not, I want to look at my clock. I want to eat, I want to eat lunch. Yeah, I do too. I didn't eat breakfast. I'm hungry. But you know what? I'm more hungry to see the power of God. I'm more hungry to see Him move in this place. I could eat a cheeseburger later. I want to see the power of God. Do you want to see his power move? So what I'm saying is keep your ears open right now because today while we were praying um, right up here just a little while ago for, for, the, for the lady up here, I heard the Lord say hijack, like the spirit wants to hijack us, right? And at first I thought he wants to hijack my message. What do I need to change in my message? But no, I think it wasn't just, it wasn't really the message, but I think he wants to hijack our priorities, He wants to hijack our priorities because sometimes we come in and we leave. We come in and we leave. And it's great to see you. I'm glad you're here. But I want more for you. God wants more for us, right? Our desire is I want to look like Jesus. And the only way I look like Jesus is if I allow his power to confront me and and the Holy Spirit to lay me bare, So three things, three things. One, and this ties back to the Mark passage, Mark chapter 16. This altar call is straight from the scripture, straight from this, straight from, from the, the uh, commission here. Three things for those who, who want to receive the Holy Spirit. Number one. Number two, for those who are sick in their bodies, 
and they want to be prayed over. Number, th- uh, number two. And number three, if you have been exposed to any form of spiritualism, and I'm not saying are you using it now. Maybe you are. And if that's you, definitely come up. But if you've been exposed to it in the past and you've never officially dealt with it, you've ne- I mean, maybe you stopped doing it, but, but you've never officially renounced it or prayed over it. And I'm talking tarot cards. I'm talking Ouija boards. I'm talking Santeria. I'm talking um, anything related to that. Right now, if you've ever been exposed to that, you need to come to this altar today. And there's no shame in that because we've all been exposed to many different things in different ways for different reasons. But if you've never dealt with that, if that thing has never been uprooted, like if you've never targeted it, guess what? There might be an open door. There might be an open door that needs to be closed today. And if you're not sure, then you need to come up. So can we have the, um, can we have the worship team maybe um, play a little, um, sing a little song? Sing some worship, amen, and, and the prayer leaders come on up and just begin to come. Just begin to come up. Any one of those three things, receive the Holy Spirit. For those who want to receive the Holy Spirit, you've not received the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, amen. If you are sick and you want to be prayed for in some kind of a way, come on up right now. As a matter of fact, all the youth... I want all the youth can come, come up to this corner, please. We want to just pray special over, over the youth. Since they were highlighted today, we want to make sure that they are walking away with an impartation, right? Amen? And if you have ever been exposed to any spiritualism of any kind, come on up. Come on up. Right now. Right now. Let's do business with the Lord. The Holy Spirit wants to do something today. The Holy Spirit wants to move today. Amen? But he only moves if we are willing. He only moves if we take that step and say, I'm here. And this is what I'm here for. Do you believe that God has more for you? Do you believe that God has more? Amen. And some people start praying for the youth. Amen. We want to pray for each one of the youth today. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah.